0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff.
1: Today's guest is Anastasia Wesselink-Mollering. In 2019, Anastasia had a near-death experience where her soul connected to an indescribable bliss and an all-knowing oneness where she gained the understanding of who we really are and more. Anastasia, thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Thank you for
0: having me. It's a pleasure.
1: All right. Well, the audience loves to hear about near-death experiences. So if you don't mind, can we start on the day yours happened?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it was December of 2019, and I went in for a rather invasive dental procedure. And so um, par for the course, I required some sedation. And as I was being sedated, um, I started to have this really unusual feeling. And to this day, I still have a hard time describing it. I find that through this entire experience, I'm still cultivating words and vocabulary to describe everything that I experienced um, during this time. But it was almost like I was breathing. And as I was breathing, I felt my body lift up and come back down with every breath. And there was this pressure that was starting to build up inside of me. And at the time I thought, this this doesn't feel right. But I had never gone under a procedure like this before. So I just thought, oh, it must be the medication and dismissed it, didn't say anything. And all of a sudden I had the sense of like, like I kind of like I popped. It feels like I just, I felt like everything shifted and I had this moment of panic for just a second. And the next thing I know, I am looking down at my body. And I'm up in the ceiling. And the very first thought I had is, what am I doing up here? And I'm looking down at myself and I'm looking at the scene and I went, oh, my God, am am I dead? And with that knowing, it's like I had this shift in awareness because it, it felt like I could think, but it was a different type of thought. It was a different type of thought process. And as I had this awareness of the fact that I'm in the ceiling, at the same time, I realized, wait a minute, I said, I'm up here. I didn't say I'm down there. Like, why am I down there? I said, why am I up here? Meaning what I identified with was whatever this part of me was that was up in the ceiling. It wasn't the me that was down in a chair looking down in my physical body. And I had this epiphany. It was like a, a lock and a key. And I just went, wow, we, we are not our bodies. And with that, I flipped upside down. And I'm like inches away from the ceiling. And I recall to this day that I saw all the texture of the ceiling like it was under a microscope. It was so detailed, all the little dents and grooves of the ceiling texture because it was so close to me. And then like a a lens that closes over a camera, it kind of felt like I like to say I blinked, although I didn't have you know physical eyes, and I was gone. I I left the room. And when I opened my eyes or the lens was removed, it it was this indescribable connection. It was this bliss, this oneness, this this feeling of, of completion. But what's so interesting about it is that this feeling of completion is like I could only describe it because I can refer back to it now from the physical experience. While I was there, it was like there was nothing else but to be that way. Uh, there was no, there was nothing that was lacking. And so in this place, I, I call it the void because there wasn't anything there. It was emptiness. And while that sounds like it could be kind of a bit intimidating or it could be scary, the feeling was anything but that. It was a feeling of of comfort and um, serenity and peace. And unlike anything that you can experience in this physical body. And I I like to think about it now as like this rich, buttery, comforting blanket. And even though it was like a void, it was a void of anything that wasn't complete. So it was like everything that was there was absolutely complete. And I had this, this growing awareness that I knew everything there was to ever know in the whole universe. And what was interesting was in this place... There was no time. So everything was happening in my awareness at the same time. It wasn't, you know, we can talk about it and I can talk about it linearly, like this happened and then this happened. But in the experience, it was all happening to me at the same time. And as I was becoming aware of this, this knowingness, I realized that everything There was to ever know when the entire universe was available. And now I think about this in such a way where if I were to, to try to describe it, it would be as if you could download the entire internet that had ever existed from the beginning until the end of time and just have it in your knowing and your awareness and you can access it instantly. And as I started to connect to this, it was like I had started to develop like a 360 vision. And I was seeing through the eyes of every single living thing in every single moment from the beginning of time through eternity. And I say beginning of time, like in the figure of speech, because there was just no time in this place. And so I could see through every single point of time, every single experience, every single what I call a soul, because I don't have another word for it, but every single living entity. And it was a part of me and I was a part of it. And so there's this oneness that is available or that I experienced that It's not like we get to experience here. You know, we connect with friends and family and we feel like we have these really close relationships and we might meet people that feel really, really familiar to us. And we get the sense of like, we've known them before because we almost feel like we're a part of them. That is so, that's like the light version (laughs) of what this experience was, because it was as if there was no difference between me and you. There is no difference between me and my pets or the plants or the planets or the solar systems or the entire universe or all universes. And our understanding of what is beyond the physical compared to what I connected to is we haven't even scratched the surface. We we just haven't even come close. And what I felt was in this all knowing this was that there were no questions. Uh, as much as I felt like I was, you know, trying to, to figure out and get answers to everything I had ever wondered in some way, shape, or form in the physical body, I couldn't ask a question. I could only be curious about something. And by being curious about it, I could shift my awareness to the experience or to the understanding. That would give me the answer to that curiosity. Now, it's important to kind of like distinguish between what happens there and what happens here in the physical, because in the physical body, we have to process thought. So it takes time for us to learn something. It takes time for us to um, understand. But there it was all knowing and it was instantaneous. There wasn't any thought process involved. There wasn't any weighing options. There wasn't reflecting on something based off of our own background or the possibilities of the future. It was just pure, simple knowing. And in this place, I understood in a way that I can't explain from a physical perspective, but at this this knowing, this pure soul level, that there is no good or bad, that there is no right or wrong. And as I say, there are no lessons to learn that everything that our soul or this other part of us is really aiming for is to experience. And particularly in the physical life is to experience uh, physical experiences through the physical body. Now, I can compare this physical life to to that experience. But what when I reflect on this, what I find very interesting is if I were to try to reflect on the physical experiences, so the the pains, the the uh, trauma, um, even some of the memories, I would have a hard time explaining it in that place to somebody. Like if I were to sit down with another soul in the void and say, "This is what my physical life that I just came from was like," it would be really uh, very difficult from my experience to do that because it wasn't available. What was available, though, were all of the feelings, every feeling that I had ever had. And it felt like every feeling that everybody had ever had was what was experienced in the oneness. And although there's a lot of pain and trauma that we can experience here in the physical, what's available to us through this void or this oneness that I connected to, the love is so unbelievable in so complete that any trauma or any pain that we may experience or that I experienced in the physical life just wasn't accessible there. It it was like, it, it, I don't want to say it didn't exist because I feel like that invalidates us and our experience here, but it feels like we don't, I didn't carry that trauma or that pain into that experience. And as my awareness was growing, I felt like it was accelerating. And so as I became aware of one thing and understood it in my own consciousness or in my own soul, it lent me to be curious about more and more and more. And so it was like this rapid fire curiosity that just kept bringing more and more into my awareness. Now, at this point, I could not tell you if I was gone for a second or if I was gone for 30 minutes, honestly. It's impossible for me to say because there wasn't time. But in that place, it felt like infinity. It, It felt like there was no end to who I was as part of this oneness. And there was no end to the oneness. Like the oneness continuously expanded endlessly. And all of us are a part of it. That part of us, that soul level um, it felt like we all have that connection and we can all be connected to that. Definitely, it feels like when we pass over um, and connected to that through the part of us that's inside of our physical bodies now. At some point, um, the, the dentist, he did something. And I remember it was this weird thing where I felt like I had a foot in two worlds because he he leaned over me and he, he touched me on the shoulders and he said, are you okay? And I came back. But I came back with just like a foot in the other side and still in my awareness and my physical body started to awaken and I opened my eyes. And all I could think of was no, 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 no. I want to go back. I want to go back to what that was. That was so amazing. There was no pain, no suffering, no feeling of the physical body, this connection to absolute knowing. I want to go back to that now. <laughs> and, uh, I was grasping, like, I felt like it was like having sand through my fingers. I was trying to hold on to all that knowing I didn't want to lose it. I wanted to bring back everything that I had just connected with. And, as big and complex and unbelievable as you know, knowing everything there is to know in the universe or universes, I brought back one very, very clear thing from that experience. The fact that our physical bodies are like a sensory tool for our souls to gather information on what it is like to have a physical experience. Everything that our physical bodies are interacting with it's collecting sensory information. It's like, it's an instantaneous connection to our soul. And it it provides that understanding at the soul level. And that there is no getting it wrong in this life. There is no decision that you can make that is going to impact your ability to connect to that love and bliss and that oneness when we get to the other side. That was what I felt so clearly when I came back. And that our our sensory experience here on the physical is really to help the soul understand how to have a soul experience or how to have a physical experience here. And I've been asked a number of times, like, why would our soul want to have a physical experience? Um, And I can get into that if you'd like. But it felt to me like there was more to the story than what we know now based off of where we're at um, in our physical evolution. But I I felt like that feeling of connection to this other side um, has stayed with me to a certain degree. Like the doors just like cracked open just a little bit. But the experience in the physical since then has been... Um, very clear it's very different here in the physical from a soul perspective than what we can connect to in this all encompassing blanket of oneness on the other side.
1: Well thank you for sharing that with us. I want to ask a little bit more about the dentist. Did he make any other comments of what was going on during your procedure?
0: I don't recall quite honestly, I felt like the moments after I came back, I was grabbed my focus was so much on wanting to go back that I had the awareness of the dentist there. I saw him, I heard him, I saw his face. Like there was this look of concern, but my focus was on just trying to keep that connection. It felt like almost like the aperture of a lens that was open. And it just started to close down to where I was wanting to keep it open But I couldn't, there wasn't anything I could do to, to keep that lens open.
1: At that point were you finished with your dental procedure or did he still have more work to do?
0: No, that was just the preparation for it. So I still had an entire procedure to go after that.
1: Oh, wow. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, Was it, did he put you under nitrous oxide or do you know what he, what he gave you?
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it, was nit- it was a gas. And then I think it's nitrous oxide is what it's called. Um, and then he also gave me um, some, uh, something else to take, which helps to, I guess, calm the nerves because it was a very invasive procedure.
1: Oh, interesting. I wonder if you had like an allergic reaction to it or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want you to think that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm disbelieving. I'm just trying to think of the mechanism that what, may- what made you pop out of your body.
0: I don't know. Like
1: maybe, you know, because it seems like a lot of times it could be trouble breathing or something like that. And the body thinks, Oh, you know, things aren't going right.
0: Yeah. When I got home that day, the first thing I did was get on my laptop and start researching. And I, you know, I shared it with my husband, what had happened. And I was just so, I, I was so uh, like floored. I didn't understand what was, what I experienced, I didn't have words for it. I didn't know if this was, you know, to your point, was it something, some sort of a reaction? Um, and I stumbled across a story of somebody else that had had a experience in uh, a dental procedure. And I read through it and went, that that's exactly what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, I sought out um, uh, IONS, which is the International Association of Your Death um, Experiences, mm-hmm. And that has just been an incredible support. So I have, I've kind of been able to put my experience into a way that I can share it because without that, it's just, it's so hard to describe the indescribable.
1: Are you a religious person? And if so, has your religious beliefs changed after the experience?
0: Well, that's an interesting story about my background. So um, without going into too much detail and and boring everybody, I was raised by an atheist. Mm -hmm. Um, So I spent my entire childhood up until my early 20s um, really being raised without any type of religious influence at all. Uh, In my 20s, I married into a preacher's family. Mm -hmm. And so my uh, my then husband's father was a preacher in the Reformed Church of America, Um, So just by that relationship, I became um, exposed to the Christian um, religion and was really kind of thrusted into it. Um, At one point, I I was trying really hard to understand it. I wanted to be supportive of my husband. Um, I had, we had a lot of decisions to make because, you know, as we started to have kids, what were we going to do with our children? Are we going to have them baptized and things of that nature? So I found it was really important for me to get involved and understand and learn more about Christianity. Um, At one point, there was a time, uh, I would say about my mid-20s, where uh, I did what I called church hopping on Sundays because I was so interested in different denominations and different um, pastors and their uh, philosophies. I just wanted to go to as many churches as possible so that I could understand And then uh, uh, I ended up getting divorced in my early 30s and I left that family. And so I had this kind of weird transition period because I never really felt like Christianity was right for me. There was just a lot of things about the doctrine that it didn't um, logically make sense. And I'm a very pragmatic person. And so I had this period of time where I started to explore uh, spirituality, so things that were more on the uh, mindfulness side. So looking at uh, Buddhism and meditation, um, I started to get involved in uh, learning about different types of um, like mystical practices and tools and things like that. Uh, that didn't quite fit right for me either because the mysticism part of spirituality just felt a little bit ungrounded for me. One of the turning points, and this happened before my NDE, um, actually happened in 2011 for me. And um, it happened at a hospital. My, my mother had gotten very ill, uh, unexpectedly ill, was put into the ICU And uh, she was declining rapidly. And this was, you know, I, this was over 10 years ago um, now at this point. And so as I'm coming out of this, this point in time of Christianity and I'm in more spirituality um, practices, I was really wrestling with what to do for my mom. Um, for her last day, was I going to bring a uh, a pastor in to do a bedside prayer? Were we going to do anything of that nature? because my mom was an atheist. And so I wanted to respect her views, but I was also wrestling with my own uh, understandings as well. And I'll, I'll never forget it. This is the the moment everything shifted for me. Um, the hospital chaplain had come to visit me because um, she was declining so quickly. And I shared with him this conflict that I had because she's an atheist. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? God is so big that he can handle your mom's beliefs. Don't worry about that. And it just struck me where God is so big, so big that every single belief, everything that we can conceive of, of our understanding of a God or a higher power, they're all right every single one of them is right because God encompasses everything. And I, I just had such a sense of, of relief when I heard that. And I feel like that coupled with my experience, they just kind of complete this understanding that I have of what's on the other side. And all of our attempts here through religion, spirituality, um, whether you're agnostic or atheist, they're all right. It, it's all right because it's all part of this big, vast oneness, this this higher power. Uh, whatever words we want to use, they'll all fall short because it's so big. Everything that we try to label it is always going to be limited.
1: It appears that during your experience, you were connected with everything. You didn't mention God. Do you think God is everything? Or do you think that there was still a source out there that created everything that which could be or is God that you still didn't connect with?
0: The way I felt was that this everything was who we are, that it it encompasses absolutely everything known, but that there is like an energy that still is that, that fuels it, if you will. And so what I feel is, is we, we are energy and we are always going to be energy. We are going to return back. Our energy is, is never lost, but it's all of that energy together that creates the God or the oneness or the higher power. And so if it weren't for every single living being existing, and I don't mean living beings in the physical body, but I mean that in the sense of who we are outside of the physical if it wasn't for every single soul, there could be no God because it needs every aspect in order to complete God. And that together all of that creates the higher power. It creates it's it's like I, I refer to now my understanding of God is no longer a noun, it's a verb.
1: I like the way that you put it that our bodies are an instrument for sensations. For I guess you you call it the soul for a soul to kind of interpret and experience the world that our body is just this instrument for that. Have you considered using the word instead of soul, maybe your higher self? It's a common term that people use or do you see it differently?
0: I feel it might be a little bit different. Um, I do I'm familiar with the term higher self and, and I think in some respects it can be used interchangeably. Um, My sense is that the soul is our individuality and the bridge between this oneness and the physical body. It's the vehicle, if you will, that kind of gives us that uh, connection between the all-knowing oneness and our physical experience. It feels to me that this oneness is actually, to me, that would be our higher self, would be that complete oneness.
1: Do you believe in reincarnation?
0: I do, but my belief on that has changed a lot based off of my experience. I used to believe that reincarnation was kind of tied to karma or the the basic um, traditional concept of karma, where if you live the right life and you do the right things and you pass all of the tests, then you get to go on to bliss or nirvana and you don't have to come back and reincarnate into this physical experience. And if you don't do all the right things then you're going to come back and correct your wrongs. And from my experience, that's absolutely not the soul's intent. The soul is already complete was my experience. And that to come into the physical body with the idea that we're here to complete something for the soul level would uh, invalidate the fact that our soul is already complete. It feels to me more like our soul is learning what it is like to have a physical experience And it's taking that information and it's evolving our ability to have different physical experiences generation after generation. My belief of reincarnation is, it's actually kind of unusual and you probably have never heard this before. Um, But again, this is just my understanding of it. My belief of reincarnation is that when our souls have a physical experience and we learn from that, We are able to share that learning, kind of like a two-way communication between the physical body and the soul. And the more we connect to our soul here in the physical, the more we establish that connection to the oneness in the physical life. The more we establish that connection, then the more we evolve our physical biology, the more we know. And that knowingness gets passed on generation to generation, creating more and more knowing every generation. So if we think about things like epigenetics, which I I don't know if you're familiar with epigenetics, that's where the experience of uh, one ancestor is passed down through a gene expression to the next ancestor, to the next generation. So imagine if every generation we had to learn everything from scratch, it would be impossible, right? So there is this passing of biological understanding and evolution, as well as knowledge and intelligence, to me, reincarnation feels like it is the passing of the expression, the gene expression, the experiences to the next generation. And that next physical generation is experiencing the emotional outcomes of the generation before it and the generation before that. To me, that is reincarnation in the traditional sense where we are living through the karma, if you will, from our ancestors, but not because it's a mystical thing or because it is a, um, a rite of passage for the soul, but because that experience gets passed down in our biology and we experience it through later generations from the soul level, our souls are already complete. So there's no need to reincarnate to evolve or expand the knowingness of the soul.
1: Do you think that once you cross over and you're there for good, do you lose the sense of ego and become one with everything and the memory of this life is obliterated or do you still retain some sense of this lifetime?
0: So my, in my experience, there was an awareness that I had lived. There was an awareness that there was something that I experienced, but what I retained were the feelings. I did not retain specific memories, if you will. It was more in a a feeling connection to the people that mattered to me, to the events that I had experienced that mattered. But it wasn't a, oh, I remember Christmas of, you know, 2006, and it was a great year. It it wasn't like that. Um, And the the idea of, of thought, which is where all those specific memories are really stored in our physical brain. it it just wasn't a part of that experience because thought was something that would take time. Like you would have to have one thought and then another. And in that place, there was no time.
1: Has the memory of this experience faded or is it still as clear today as it was the day that it happened?
0: It is. I mean, it is as clear as day to me. What's changed though, is my ability to talk about it. It has changed my vocabulary. It has changed how I see Um, the experience in a way of being able to discuss it, the experience itself is still there. But I find that as, and I think this is part of why we share stories, because as we talk about them, we we begin to observe them. And I can get into like details about my experience uh, that seem to kind of like evolve over time. Like I know it happened. I was there. I remember it clearly, but I'll remember details about something and I'll remember it and I'll be able to reflect on it differently because now I have new vocabulary and I have things that uh, I didn't have beforehand that helped me understand it and put it into context. But the experience is, is crystal clear. I think an experience like that isn't something that ever goes away. It's It's so big. It, I feel like I'm going to be spending my entire life trying to describe it. Mm-hmm. And all the words I'm using now, hopefully I will find even more words to describe it as time goes on, because I, I think it's, it's something I wish everybody could experience.
1: Have you noticed that you've gotten any abilities from this experience, like precognition or something like that?
0: Well, what's interesting is, um, so when I was starting to shift out of Christianity and into spirituality, um, I remember, I'm going to go back just a little bit to before the experience to give you a little bit of context here. Um, I remember I started having some very unusual things happen. Um, And this was, it it was right before um, my divorce ended. And, you know, my husband and I were, we were still together, but we had just moved out of state. We'd moved away from the family. Um, We were in this in-between time where we were discussing whether or not we were going to find a new church in our new location. And this was when I started opening the doors to just a little bit into meditation. And I started to meditate. And one night I had this most unbelievable dream. Um, And this is where uh, I kind of feel like my spiritual curiosity really started. Uh, I dreamt that I I walked out into the living room and my husband at the time was there. And we were looking out to the parking lot because we lived in a a condo. We were on the fourth floor and we saw his Jeep being towed. And I looked at him in the dream and I tapped him on the shoulders. And I said, you know, if you just paid that seventy eight dollars, this wouldn't have happened. And the next day I woke up and I shared the dream with him. I said, This is the most unusual dream I had. It seemed so specific. And it was kind of, it had this weird, surreal feel to it. And he said nothing. Came home later that day and said, All right, I have to share this with you. He said, When we we first moved um, to where we lived, we didn't know that you had to have village stickers for your car. It's it's part of our village regulations. And so he had his car parked in our condo uh, parking lot and he had gotten a parking ticket because he didn't have a village sticker and he didn't want to tell me about it. And he had forgotten about it. And so my dream sparked his memory. And so he called the village because he had forgotten about the ticket and come to find out the ticket was $38 or $35, but with the late fees, it was 78. And he says, how could you have known? I didn't even tell you about the ticket. How could you have known that? And I said, I have no idea. And so from that point on, I feel like I had started to open some door to precognition or intuition. And it had been a domino effect from that point on. Fast forwarding to my NDE, um, I had really started to move into this idea of just being open to intuition being a part of us. But after this experience, it is like, I feel like intuition is just even a word that doesn't quite describe it accurately. I feel like when we just step into the flow of our lives and we get out of our own ways and we really connect to this part of us that is more than physical then we have access to everything that our soul wants to experience here. And we can just glide through life in that way, not to say that we're not going to face trials or we're not going to face challenges, but we do it with the connection to that part of us that's connected to love and knowingness and bliss. And so it, we approach those experiences differently um, than we would without that connection to that part of us. That's so much bigger. My, my intuition itself, um, it's hard to say that it what it is, because it's just a part of me now. Um, I did move into a a healing uh, type of practice. And I'm very uh, active as a Reiki healer. I feel like that my connection with that part of me is so strong. uh, And I feel so connected to sharing that with other people. Um, That is definitely something that has uh, intensified since then. And, you know, my ability to share intuition when I'm working with people, um, is something that I do now that I didn't do before. That's for sure. Um, I will say that people in my family, so my husband and my kids, they know that if mom has intuition, we listen to
1: it. What is the point of being a human?
0: So, Outside of having a physical experience, which that's a hard pill for most people to swallow because the physical experience that many people are having is not enjoyable. There's suffering, there's pain, There are there's loss. It's, it's without, you cannot deny that people go through in the physical experience, things that are very trying. And because there is not a connection to the soul, which is the all-knowing oneness for many people, we try to rationalize that. Uh, and that's very human. I think that's a very human thing for all of us to do where we say, well, that was God's plan or this was part of a bigger purpose or this was a lesson I'm supposed to learn. We want to make our trauma and our, our pain have a purpose um, because without that, it feels like we're just here in a washing machine being tumbled around. And that's why I say it feels like to me, we are just scratching the surface of our understanding of who we are and what we can do, because we can't look to our past to understand our future. We can't look at being caught in um, uh, societies that are, are traumatic and experiences that are traumatic as being reflective of what our possibility is in the future. The more we can connect to this part of us and bring that soul or that energy, whatever word we want to use, into this physical experience, the more we have access to be creative entities in the physical, creating our experiences as we go. We have to evolve ourselves to the point to doing that. Now, I've joked around, and I I want to make sure it's really clear. This is not something I got directly from my NDE, but this is kind of like based off of what I understand and what I know. If I were to write a movie about why we're here in the physical and what our future holds. It feels to me that we have a future ahead of us where our souls can move in and out of our physical bodies at will, that we can evolve our, bio- our, our biology to that point to where we can come in, have these physical experiences, create on a physical level And then when we are done, we move on. And it's not tied to this sort of feeling of being trapped or a traumatic experience. And why would our souls want to do that? Why do you want to visit Paris? Why do you want to eat a chocolate croissant that's fresh from a bakery? Why do you want to see a newborn child born? Why do you want to pet your dog? There's so many things that we enjoy in the physical experience that you don't get at the soul level because it's not physical. And that's what our soul is trying to create. It feels to me that those little tastes of life is what we are evolving our ability to create more and more of in this physical life.
1: Do you think that in the realm you were in when you were there, that that is our normal operating state, like really normal for us is being in that blissful, loving, peaceful place. And this here is just, you know, a temporary thing.
0: It feels to me that the physical is, is definitely temporary. It's an experience. It, it's like if, again, if you were to go take a trip to Paris and then come back, it's it's an experience that you have. And the physical is giving us the ability to understand what it is like on the physical because I feel like we're creators. That That is at the soul level, we're creators. And so all we understand is this physical life right now because that's what's in our awareness. But our soul is creating through multiple experiences, all simultaneous to this. And our souls are creating in different lives and different planets and different universes, all simultaneous. So this is It's like I would explain it if you were to take every single grain of sand on the earth and then take one grain of sand, just one, that would be your experience here in the physical and all the other grains of sand would be all the other experiences your soul is having across multiple experiences. And so when we're here, we feel like this is the biggest thing. We, we feel like our life is is so important. And I think you use the word ego. Um, and our experiences are important because the feelings that we cultivate, that's what's important. But, you know, if we don't do a load of laundry at the end of the week, is that really going to impact the soul? No. So those physical things and those um you know, the day-to-day tasks or the things that weigh us down or the, the judgments that we have, the this or the that, should we do this or should we do that? It's inconsequential from the, what I felt from the soul perspective. Those are just guideposts to help us understand how to get to those feelings that our soul wants to experience. And so this physical life, on one hand, it's a paradox. It's inconsequential from the perspective of you can't get it wrong. But it's so important because the feelings and the relationships and the experiences are why you're here. And that is the most important thing that you can focus on while while you are here.
1: How have you changed personally since this experience?
0: Prior to my NDE, there were a couple of things that were really difficult for me. Uh, One was a sense of, am I doing enough for everybody? Am I giving enough? Am I um, doing enough to be everything I can be for my children, for my spouse? Am I accelerating in my career fast enough? Uh, And I was also riddled with social anxiety. So even to be able to do this interview would be very unlikely prior to my NDE because I was riddled with so much social anxiety. But going through this experience, I realized that all of that is self-imposed pressure, expectations, and judgment that I was putting on myself. And when I stepped into truly experiencing that oneness and that flow, and just surrendering, then my life has become effortless. Um, It's like I flow from one experience to another. I stay very connected to that part of me. And I I just get clear with what it is in my life that I want to experience. And I stay focused on that. And I, I don't listen to, I guess, outside opinions don't matter anymore. That anxiety from wondering, you know, am I going to fit in from that social anxiety perspective? That's not there anymore. Um, and I just feel unburdened. I feel free. I feel like all the, all the time in my life that I wasted worrying about what other people think, was just that. It was a waste. Um, Because at the end of the day, we're all here for the same reason. We're all here to experience. And so that feeling of connection, that feeling is the connection to our soul. And the more we can get connected to the feeling, the more we can bring that soul experience in here. And then this life becomes joyful, becomes exciting.
1: I like how you use the word surrendering. Can you expand on that, how you surrendered?
0: Because I had this experience, I can reflect on how it felt when I was in the void or connected to this oneness. And that is essentially a great word to explain that experience because it is a surrender. You don't have an individual physical body on the other side. You have an individual point of awareness, but you realize that that point of awareness is part of this big collective oneness that you're also a part of. So I realized coming back that I'm you you're me. And and you kind of, you've heard, I'm sure you've heard that before, right? Oh, we're all one. It's a very uh, uh, common phrase, especially in spiritual circles. You know, we're all one, we're all together. We want to treat each other with kindness and compassion. And that is true. But most people understand that more on an intellectual level and strive to become one through action, where if we just surrender to the fact that we are and not try to create it, then you experience what it feels like to be one with everybody. Because as soon as you put your thought, and you try to analyze it, or you try to judge it, or you try to do actions to get there, the paradox is it actually moves you farther away from it. It's yeah. just surrendering to the fact that you are.
1: So it's kind of like just acceptance that we are all one and I'm going to accept it and that's it. And then In some
0: respects, it, it is. But there's a feeling that comes with it that is really hard to describe. It's like, have you ever gotten completely lost in something that you love? Like you sit down and you, you, you start a project or you do something and time just it's gone. Like you look up and hours have passed. Sure. In that moment, you are what's called like in the zone. And if you're doing something that you love and time has just gone by so fast, in that moment, would you ask yourself, what is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? What is this all about? You don't do that because in that moment, the moment is complete. It's complete just as it is. That is as close to a description to being in surrender into the soul that I can give you from what I've experienced in this life. When you're in that flow, you don't question because it's already complete. And we live in a society where we have unfortunately cultivated, you know, a societal expectation where we're supposed to do. We're supposed to accomplish, achieve, um, whether it's societal, familial, you know, neighborhood ex- expectations. And that can actually pull us out of our own natural connection to ourselves because we're trying to attempt to do or live into an expectation. We're trying to become through action. When in reality, we we already are everything that we ever want to be, but we have to get out of our way so that we can experience it in our physical lives.
1: Once you surrendered or understood that we are all one, did you change in the way that you Interact with people?
0: I would say um, that's an understatement because of the social anxiety that I had. I was, I probably spent a lot of my time um, trying to avoid social situations as much as possible. But now I embrace it. I feel like I have a level of vulnerability with everybody because I don't worry if anybody's going to hurt me. I don't have that underlying sense that, you know, I have to evaluate somebody based off of their potential safety, um, either consciously or subconsciously. And that's a pretty huge leap for me because in my childhood, I experienced a tremendous amount of abuse. Um, I've been victim of physical and sexual abuse. And so to be at a point in my life where I understand now that that's not who we are. The people who did those things to me as a child, that's not who they are. That was their response based off of what they had available to them at the time in this physical life to respond the way they did. Because we have the opportunity to really teach each other how to be connected, how to feel. Um, I think feeling is definitely the key to all of this. Um, we often avoid feeling, uh, as much as possible. Uh, and when we, I would say for me, connecting to your feelings, to the people that I meet feeling what they feel and not feeling like I have to be guarded against that, um, is it's beautiful. And it's a huge shift from where I was before my NDE. Cause I would have been afraid of everybody.
1: What inspires you about this experience?
0: What inspires me is our our opportunity as as individuals, as a whole collective humanity. Um, I feel like every once in a while we have these experiences in our lives that just shape us and change us radically. And you know, I don't wish for anybody to go out and have a death experience. Well, I certainly don't wish that. Um, I would love for there to be uh, a greater awareness of the fact that the pain and trauma in our lives that we've experienced, that we've all experienced at some point in time, that doesn't define us. It's not who we are. Uh, We have the ability to live a life that is completely full of peace, love and joy and surrendering to that as simple as it sounds is incredibly challenging, because it means we have to let go of the trauma, we have to allow ourselves to heal, and we have to write a new story for our our own futures. And um, I would hope and wish that for for anybody, especially people who have some, um, you know, very active trauma that they may have just experienced, or they're still processing to be able to to heal that and to connect to this type of, of love uh, that we can share with each other.
1: All right. You mentioned before that you are a Reiki practitioner. Do you have a a wellness center or a healing center where you practice this?
0: I do. Uh, It's called the Healing Heart. It's located in the suburbs of Chicago. uh, And we work with people uh, with Reiki, but we also offer uh, sound healing, meditation, coaching, uh, fitness and nutrition therapy. Uh, so we attempt to offer a full mind, body, soul um, practice.
1: All right. Besides your practice, do you got any other things that you're working on that you want us to know about?
0: Well, a couple things, um, you know, the, uh, our connection here started on TikTok. And mm-hmm. so I started sharing my story on TikTok. So I continue to offer um, insights there uh, at The Heart Shines. And I recently was uh, approached by a publisher to contribute in a multi-author book that is launching uh, early October called Aligned Leaders.
1: Hmm. And what is your TikTok channel called again? At the Heart Shines. At the Heart Shines. Okay, great. All right, before we finish this up, do you have one last positive message that you'd like to share with everyone?
0: I would say that uh, your ability to create the life of your dreams is absolutely possible in this physical life. And you don't need to wait. You don't have to put it off. And it is available to you and to everybody. And that it felt to me that after this life, everybody gets an opportunity to connect to that oneness and bliss. And that we are here to, uh, to really embrace this experience. And that our souls want to be here.
1: That's a great message. Anastasia, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you. I wish you massive success in whatever you're doing and have a wonderful day.
0: Thank you so much.
1: All right. Take care.
0: Thank you, Jeff. What a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast.